0: this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington D.C. and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio.
1: You know, we did a survey of so many people were stressed about the way they were eating. So many people thought that either there was I'm not getting enough variety, and there was I'm getting I'm getting too much variety and I'm, I'm having to make all these different things and i'm never, and i i have a sense that some of these people who had these very opposite complaints from each other or very opposite problems they were having in their diet probably are eating the exact same diet one person interprets it though as too much different stuff one person interprets it as weight not enough variety in their diet so i think we've heard all these ideas uh and i think i think you know what they are doing is stressing us out it's way way more than than need be uh, around food because You know, people have listened to us now talk for a while. Our our philosophies around food are really pretty simple. Um, I mean, there's not—we don't really focus on numbers at all. If I'm training for something seriously, then yeah, I'm going to make sure I have, you know, a certain baseline of amount of carbohydrate in my diet. Um, But for the most part, there's there's no numbers, there's no calorie counting, there's no portion control. I mean, you know, both you and I said would would agree that if you are eating these particular foods, uh, that that there's no need to to limit yourself, right? There's no need to say, I have to stop eating now, even though I'm hungry for more. Uh, because I'm really, what what that starts to do is cause stress in your life. And and these the types of foods that you and I both recommend and like uh, are the types of foods that, that when you are full from them is when it's time to stop eating. And if you're still hungry, then then you can keep eating them. They're not foods that are designed to trick you into staying hungry and wanting more and more of them, though they're actually not providing any nutrition for you. Uh, you know, it, it's amazingly simple how well it all works when you just eat these certain foods that, that, you know, and it's no secret what these foods are. I mean, they're fresh whole fruits, vegetables, things from the ground. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's really not. Well, I'll
0: make the other point that, you know, there are no wild animals that are overweight. You know, it's, it's not like there's gorillas who eat too much and get obese. Um, the, with the more natural, this is the point you're making. So I'll just say this different way. The more natural you eat of food the better your body can regulate itself. When we trick our bodies by making things high salt, we, we boil things in fat so that, you know, in oil, fry things in oil so that it doesn't take up any more space in our stomachs, but it has a ton more calories. Yeah, we we get full on way more calories when we eat something like that. But when you eat, sit down with a, if you did, and I'm not saying, this has nothing to do with a diet or meal plan. Or anything. If you sit down with a big bowl of lettuce with no dressing on it, you're gonna stop when you're full. Your body's not gonna get set off by this kind of drug-type high that we get from really good-tasting food. You might enjoy the lettuce, but it's not gonna, you know, set off the fire bell in your brain, and you're gonna stop. And I actually did this with a client once who described herself as an over, a chronic overeater. And you know, she'd come home and eat chips in front of the television at night because she was stressed and fatigued and everything else, and she'd way overeat. So that's just what she did. That's how she defined herself. I said, well, "Okay, for tomorrow, just as an experiment." Just watch the same type of show that you love that you zone out on, but instead of chips, just put a pound of chopped lettuce in front of you and eat with reckless abandon. Just let her roll as much as you want, and you know sure enough, she only got about a quarter halfway through and stop eating because her body was able to yeah, I'm done here, and it's like of course, and I didn't tell her to eat that way every day, but I wanted to show her that she's not a chronic overeater. It's just that the food she's eating is tripping that little pleasure center and it's a stress relief for her at night. And I'm not taking it away from her. But at the same time, that's not how she should define herself because she's not. It's just that the food she was eating wasn't allowing her body to shut it down. So, um, you know, that's how that was. And one more thing I want to add is that, you know, something well, you mentioned in the feedback you got from your listeners about, you know, variety. I think that to part of that, at least part of it, and I don't know about them specifically, but part of that comes with the idea that if I'm not eating animal products, I have to combine, I have to be mindful of the way that I combine plants. And I think that's a common misconception. It's scientifically disproven. Um, You don't have to eat, for instance, beans and rice at a single meal to get complete protein. A lot of other plants that we thought didn't do have all the amino acids. McDougall has got a great, on his website, he's got a list of all these broccoli that has all the essential amino acids. It's not an issue, but I think that's sort of the underlying thing of, again, if I eat healthier, Food, I but I have to pay more attention, and I just don't. I don't believe that to be true. So I just wanted to kind of put that out. Variety, it, it could be for taste, and that's absolutely fine. But it doesn't have to be for nutrition. It can be actually pretty simple.
1: Good. Okay. So I want to ask you said in a minute about, um, you know, changes to taste buds and things like that, and long-term adaptations to eating styles, because it's something that Doug and I talked about recently, and uh, I get hung up on it sometimes, thinking that when I tell someone come on, just eat this way because, or not, not trying to convert someone to vegan, but saying, you know, when you eat well for a little while, a few weeks, your taste buds start to change. Um, but first, you mentioned protein, and that reminded me of something that actually is kind of funny. When I when we talked about your smoothie, and I mentioned that it didn't have nuts in it, and we talked about the fruit in it, it didn't occur to either of us to bring up the fact that you're not putting protein powder in it, and there's no yogurt in it, or whatever else might be adding protein to a smoothie. Because I think when people think of smoothie unfortunately they think protein shake that's that's sort of what i think smoothies are in our culture right now um we haven't really i mean we've probably addressed this in the past but can we talk quickly for just someone listening to this who who might want to implement what you're doing or maybe something you know that that feels to them less extreme at the beginning um but you know moving towards this type of really low stress diet maybe relying on a smoothie for the first you know just maybe till noon at least um why not? Why not put protein powder in there? Or, or is it something that someone could get away with and, and be okay with if that helped them? What, they can, what do you sure think about they could
0: get away with it. It's absolutely unnecessary. And I will say that you know when you talk about the how expensive um, healthy you know the perception that healthy food is expensive. Well, these things like protein powders tend to be pretty costly and they're a hundred percent unnecessary. So. You know, short term, like if you're in a bind and you need to throw some a powder in the water and shake it up and go out the door, I think it's fantastic. As a convenience thing, I think it's fantastic, but it's not necessary. I'm actually trying to keep my protein levels low. So, personally, just in terms of where I come at nutritionally, of course we need protein, but I don't think we need protein above all else. I think we need carbohydrate above all else. So, and by the way, there's protein in fruit for crying out loud. So, you know, orang- uh, chimpan- orangutans eat, you know, 85% fruit, I think it was orangutans, that, that do. Um, and so it's there. It's there. I mean, Mike.
1: We really need to make the orangutan, the, the, the chip diet. The chip
0: diet. diet but. but it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's too. not, I, I'm not looking for high protein. I mean, I'm, I'm just not looking for it. I don't need to add anything to a whole fruit smoothie. Now, by the way, if you were worried about protein, throw some spinach in your smoothie because spinach is 40% protein for crying out loud. So again, I'm trying to get people away from thinking so much about calories, i.e., you know, protein, fat, carbohydrate, unless you're starving, in which case that's what you should be thinking about. But if you're not starving, think about all the stuff that comes with the calories, meaning...
1: <laughs> you don't mean starving like I am right now, like really wanting to... Go yeah, you're so food, not right? starving, but... but <laughs> right, you mean yeah, like I'm, actually starving. No, just okay. serious clarification. No, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, that was a joke, but no, I mean, in serious, you say unless yeah, you're starving... I mean starving you to
0: death. Like you know, if you live in an area where right. you don't get access to food... I think you should care less about how healthy the food is and just care about getting food because you need to stay alive. That's a, that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is, and, and yeah, it's good that you made that point. What we're, what we're talking about is the quality of the calories that you're eating. If you're not paying attention to that, you'll put soy protein isolate powder in a smoothie, but you're eating junk food when you do. Soy protein isolate is junk food. It's just like ca- a candy bar, but for some reason because it's protein, it gets a pass. Whey protein powder it's junk food but it gets a pass because it's protein. Well, we need to start thinking about the stuff that comes with the protein. And then when you do that, you're going to naturally, you're going to move to something like spinach, which yes, has high protein, but so much other stuff that it makes it a very healthy option for your body.
1: Yeah. I've heard you mention Sid before this idea. uh, When I, when I've asked you similar questions before you have said something like, but you know, we don't need protein powder in the same way that we don't need a carbohydrate powder or a fat powder. And really, that that's very very similar to something that I learned from Ray Cronice again, who I mentioned a few minutes ago, who really is one of the guys who I just respect the very most when it comes to food Um, and just you know the way he looks at it. He has a book called Our Broken Plates, by the way, Our Broken Plate. Sorry, that's going to be coming out, I believe, in two thousand seventeen. And I would highly recommend anyone check that out. Sight Unseen. Anyway, he basically says if you can call a food a protein, a carbohydrate, a fat, then it really it's not a food and you shouldn't be eating it, right? Because, I mean, oil is a fat, sugar is a carbohydrate, protein powder is a protein. We, we really shouldn't be eating those things if we can call them that. And to a lesser extent, you could argue that we can we can say meat is a protein like that as well, uh, even though a lot of it does bring with it a lot of fat. Um but yeah, I think, you know, I that's that idea has impacted me a lot. And when I although I do sometimes add powders to my smoothies nowadays, not really like ever for a long term health thing, but just as I'm as I've been in the past few months trying to bulk up and add some weight, um, I've you know just looking for ways to add calories to my smoothie, which is not a long term solution to health. Like it it's just not the way to be healthy is not to try to add extra stuff to your diet. Um, you know, I'm doing it for this targeted use reason. But even in doing that, I'm not really looking to add protein like i don't want an isolated protein that i'm throwing into that smoothie because as you mentioned the fruits the vegetables they have protein in them and they have carbohydrate in them and the nuts i'm putting in there have protein and they have some fat in them so everything you put in everything you eat you know has multiple stuff in it it doesn't have just one macronutrient in it and if it does then it's probably not good for you i mean in fact beyond that it's not good for you if it has just one macronutrient in it um because then that, that that's a signal that it, that it is a food that that you know man has touched and kind of ruined from the way that it, that it used to be. So if I'm going to add a a quote unquote protein powder to my smoothie, it's probably going to be something like hemp powder where there's a good amount of fiber and carbohydrate in there too. And it's just you know it, it's some it's a way to add calories to that thing, not pure fat calories. Um, and and it you know it's a powder, it stirs in, dissolves into the smoothie, and and you can it helps you to pack some calories in if that is your goal. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I think that's such just, I, I, am I'm, I'm disappointed you didn't make that, that joke right then said that we don't need fat and carbohydrate powders because that's you, made, you, you, you made, you made,
0: you made it for me, Matt. You did a really, you did a really, really <laughs> good job. Um, but, but what I do say Thank is you. that there's in nature, there's not any food that's a hundred percent of anything. If you see a food that is a hundred percent fat, like olive oil, it's, it's human made, human made. So animals in nature, plants in nature are not 100% anything, nothing. There's no animal in nature, even once we domesticate, that's 100% protein. Usually, they're mostly fat. Beef is on average around 28%, 30% protein. while well, the rest of it's fat. So, yeah, you're totally right. It's a human-made thing. If you eat whole plants, they all have, on some level... Bananas have, on average, about a gram of protein per banana. Well, there you go. Uh, how how does fruit have banana? Well, we think about it as carbohydrate because we seem to you know kind of think about things in terms of those things. But when you actually look factually, it's got multiple things in it, and that's not even including the vitamins and minerals and everything else. All
1: right, you mentioned oil, so now we got to go there. Um, I I I actually like bringing this up because I, I think we've sort of painted the picture as you being the the extreme guy who who although you know has has good reasons behind his his being quote-unquote extreme um and me being someone who's, who's a little bit closer to normal i think when it comes to oil i i would be put into the slightly more extreme category than you or at least i've been more insistent upon every single recipe in our plan having an oil-free option um what can you just give us your take i mean i know what it is but can what what's your approach to oil because i i really do like it i mean for me and my family it makes the sense my makes sense to not have oil at home my wife lost a whole bunch of weight Last year, and we've done some podcast episodes about that, um, mainly by just lowering the caloric density of her foods, and as a result, all of our foods. So, I mean, my whole family's food, you know, we just, we just have stopped eating oil at home, gotten so used to it now that it would be weird for me just to put oil into a dinner, and actually, she would not be too happy with me for doing that, um, so we, you know we've gotten rid of it and, and for that reason I, I just start to look more at oil free I'm definitely not you know by any means dogmatic about it when I go out to eat at a restaurant that i'm I'm not caring at all about if there's oil because I just know that that's rare enough that, going back to the mott thing that most of the time most of the time I'm not eating out of the restaurant so therefore when I do go out to a restaurant I don't care if there's oil in my food and I'm often happy to have it because I want to have you know some sort of tasty restaurant experience um what say what's what's your you know in a nutshell approach to to oil that, that I think is a a healthy one. It's not too extreme. Uh, it's reasonable. It's not, it's not, you know, crazy vegan doctor saying you can never have any oil or you're going to die. Uh, but it's also recognizing that it's not. Yeah.
0: I think you and I are are basically from what you described, we're, we're essentially doing the same exact thing. We don't cook with oil day to day at all. Now I, one of the reasons why when we were working on the plan, I sort of said, well, let's, let's have an option because again, my first, concern is that I don't want to freak people out and I want people to try this long-term and I want people, if, regardless of whether they do the plan or just are taking this on themselves, I want it to be long-lasting and I don't want something to be such a huge jump that it, that it makes them stressed. And so day-to-day, we don't cook with oil. We just simply don't. Our dressings are whole food. We eat a ton of fruits and vegetables. When we do pasta, it's whole grain and then we'll put um, you know some veggie bouillon or, or some sort of flavoring like that. But we're oil-free day-to-day. Now, on weekends, for special meals – we still don't generally cook with oil but we might have a loaf of bread and a little bit of earth balance on the you know on the bread and that's kind of i'm talking about like i'm not joking like maybe one meal a week I'll have some sort of something with oil, just like you said when you go out to dinner. Um, so it, it's so minimal, and when we do use oil, like maybe once in a while we'll roast some vegetables, and we have a spray oil because I found that you can use like a fraction of the oil when you just do a light dusting. Well, per serving, it would almost not even register. I mean, if I use a half a teaspoon for like a huge thing of, of vegetables, I'd be very surprised. So. You're talking about something that yields about 8 to 10 servings. Well, if you take a half a teaspoon of olive oil and split it up into 10, it's it's like not a big part of your calories. So I just don't want people, you know, I know these doctors you reference and I'm seeing them come to the Stanford Inn, these people that work with these doctors and these doctors are brilliant, but they're freaking people out. And they're making them so afraid and so stressed about having a single drop while on vacation for crying out loud! And the stand and at the end we use so minimal oil anyway, like our beans and rice and our burritos and Mexican food, oil free. But people don't even know; they don't even have, they wouldn't even guess. But we just don't need it, so we don't cook with it. So it's like so minimal. So I think we're on the same page here, even in our lifestyles. But again, I'm just mindful of people's happiness.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting what has happened with oil just the way that it has become uh this thing that people have like ideology around and like you know i'm i'm here to say like i don't eat oil at home uh but the you know i just it's it's really strange to me that it's it has started to get grouped in with being vegan right so and, and i understand like with vegan agree like you could you could eat 95% vegan and 5% animal products and I don't know, at least according to like Dr. Furman, there's not a discernible difference in health from someone who does one or the other. Or he's not at least willing to say that there's a health difference between someone who eats ninety five percent vegan and someone who eats one hundred percent vegan. however, the person who who is ethically motivated, who has this you know belief that that it's not right for them or for others to eat animal products then then of course there's a huge difference between ninety five percent vegan and one hundred percent vegan. They want to be all the way. Somehow, though, oil, which is not not a cruelty food by any means, um, has kind of gotten grouped in there. I don't really understand how it has happened, but but you get no oil people who who cannot have a drop of oil, um, even though there's no there's no ethical line there. It just has somehow gotten into the into the thing. So I don't understand that at all. Um, and you know, I, I guess I I do have this this rule of not in my house. But you know, when I make popcorn at night and Aaron doesn't need it because that's my wife, Aaron. For those who don't know. Um, you know, cause she's, she's just more conscious of that sort of thing. But like if I'm making popcorn and there's no other option and I really want popcorn, then I'm going to, I'm going to use oil cause we don't have a microwave cause we're weird like that. So we don't have microwave popcorn option. We don't have an air popper. So I'm going to make popcorn with oil on it, but it's just not part of the day to day, the routine, you know, the most of the time it's not part of that. Um, so I don't really know what, how it has gotten grouped in there or where it happened. I think it's a good thing that people are concerned about oil and are, are you know, talking about limiting it as opposed to what what we've believed for so long this Mediterranean diet that olive oil is making making all of us heart healthy. Uh, I think it's a good thing. I just don't really, I don't understand how how it has happened that that it has become this thing that you cannot have one drop of it, uh, or or suddenly you are no longer. Well, because
0: uh, my take on it, Matt, is and this is why I talk about approaching the natural <clears throat> because it's in. It's in all aspects of your life, and I think that people. My take on it is that people think too much about food. They're thinking they're when they're going to these brilliant doctors. There's no just real discussion about happiness, about overall chronic stress, it, it, separate from food. It's all about food, and when you know, I just spoke at the Health Fest in Marshall, and. I, I, I wandered through this one talk that this, one, of course, an MD is giving a talk about. Now it's not even just oil. It's no nuts, no seeds, no avocados. And I'm seeing these people in this crowd furiously taking notes on this stuff. And I'm like, man, you are just making people afraid and you're making people freak out. And it's not a healthy situation. I I'm just so upset by that going on because they're making it all about food. And when you make your life all about food, chances are it's not going to serve you well. When you make food something that you love and it's fun and sometimes it's to nourish you and make you have a happy life, fine. But when it's just like, I got to know everything about food and I've got to measure and I can't have a single drop, of course, oil's junk food. It's junk food. But you know, a lot of things we, you know, these people are also going to get into a car. Well, if you think about it, that's kind of unnatural too, to be propelled with no energy expenditure to move your body that way. There's a ton of unnatural things we do in the modern world. So again, it's about finding a balance to lower overall stress. And I just worry about people who get a little bit too militant about that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I love what you said. That that uh, if you're making it all about food, that that you're that you're making a mistake. You're bringing too much stress into into you know, your, your food world. Uh, and I think that's, that's what, that's what you and I have tried to do with this program is, is really make it so that you can kind of have this whole life that, that (laughs) doesn't have anything to do with food and that, and that you're, you're, you know, food is a great part of your life. Food is a, is a, one of the best part, one of the things you can be happiest about how well you're eating, how much energy that's giving you, how great you feel about it, how not sick you are. Uh, I mean, I think food can do all that for you and still just kind of be this background thing that isn't, your life isn't about that food. It's just something that, that you do to, to kind of get on with the rest of your life. So I, I think that's, uh, that, that's what you and I, I know both are, are really motivated by. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the name of your book, uh, Approaching the Natural there, because other than giving you a, a book plug, and I appreciate you giving yourself <laughs> one on, on the Nomad. <laughs> no Actually, other than a plug
0: for the book, that's, just, that's what I call my whole approach. <laughs> like I, Yeah, it's just like that's what okay. I kind of talk about.
1: Okay, I thought you were the I thought you were the small steps advocate or something. It's always a new
0: new whole. It's always a a new plug. I'm a marketing genius, which is why I didn't email you for three (laughs) months after my book came out. (laughs) Uh,
1: No, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I love the book. By the way, and and if someone, I I recommend it all the time to people. It fits in your pocket, which is wonderful. Uh, It's a really easy book to you can hand to someone and say, like, I know health is not. You know, one of the good things in your life right now, but here's, and, and that's, that's the power of a book. I mean, that that's why I think books are a, a very sad thing to be, to be kind of dying out because you can't really do that with a Kindle book so easily, but you can give someone a book and it's, and it's a, here's this complete set of ideas. And I think your book is a really nice example of that. Um, just because it is small and it's a short, it's a quick read. I think I read it in the course of probably three yeah. hours one morning and I really like it for that, except for the part about grounding. I don't like that part. (laughs) No, actually, I don't hate that part. I'm intrigued by it. I will will give you that. But anyway, um, love the book, and I think the title is wonderful. And that's why I'm glad you brought that up, because I I, I just want people to get the sense that, and this is, I mean, like I said, if someone still wants our program after an hour and a half of listening to you, I'd be be shocked, but but happy. Um, No, I'm kidding. It's a great program. But what i do want to say is that it your your book is a is a wonderful way of getting I get you know getting the picture. Getting getting what it's about. It's not not holding your hand showing you how to implement every step of it. But it but it gives you the philosophy. It gives you the, the ideas we've talked about and the mindset more importantly that we've talked about, I think, for the past ninety minutes. Um that's what your book is. It's called Approaching the Natural, I would highly recommend it. I don't know, what is it, six or seven it's, bucks? Yeah on it's nine ninety
0: five and the Kindle's like six fifty. And and again, like I really wasn't referencing the book. It's a it's a it's a an idea that you 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 keep in at least some part of your mind this 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 idea and this fact that we are animals and that we are in need of, of things that are natural to us. And that if you approach those things a little bit more in your life day to day, you tend to do better. And that goes for the food that you put, you know, the closer that food becomes to its natural state, that goes, by the way, for animals and plants, the better it is, the better it is going to feed you, the more you move your body, because that is a natural thing for our bodies. We respond to movement in, in, in that way. It, it feeds you better. So it's just sort of an ethic of like, I'm living my life, ap- approaching the natural day to day to bring in as much as I can day to day, wherever anybody's at in their process.
1: Yeah. So to wrap up, where, where I was kind of going was that the, the natural thing is what we've talked about all this time we talked we've mentioned the gorillas a thousand times and and what animals doing it i mean we're talking about humans as part of nature and that's kind of where this entire diet philosophy comes from or philosophy around food i guess to avoid the word diet here in terms of i don't want anyone to think that that we are you know selling a diet um so so that's that's the natural part the approaching part i think is is i don't want to say it comes later but for the purpose of this discussion, it's kind of the next part. Like, so yes, we get the picture of, of what is it like the approaching then is how do you get there? And, you know, we've talked about lots of things. We've talked about the small steps approach with both of us agree with, which is really, you know, a totally different set of ideas. That's how, how do we change our habits? And and it really seems that for most people, the answer is in small steps, moving towards whatever this ultimate goal is. But what I want to ask you along those lines is what I mentioned a few minutes ago, it's that you as you start to eat this way, as you change, as you take these small steps in changing your diet and making other changes as well, your body starts to change to make adaptations. It's not just that you learn to be okay with eating broccoli and eating salad and eating a smoothie and you know eating just just fresh, often raw, whole foods. It's not that you learn to be okay with that because your mind gets used to it. It's that your body actually does change. Your taste buds change, and these foods actually begin to you know, seem good to become crave worthy. I mean, you, the, the things that you used to crave the, you know, for me, it was, it was Buffalo wings or Oreo cookies or the, you know, potato chips with who knows what kind of seasoning on there. And, and a lot of that stuff nowadays is repulsive and not, not because of ideas, but because it, you know, my body's just no longer addicted to whatever crazy stuff they put in the dusting that they put in the potato chips that made them something that once you've had one, you just cannot stop eating them. Um, taste buds really do change, but I, I always find it such not compelling, a not compelling argument to try to tell someone, yeah, but you'll get used to this. Like, yes, just trust your taste buds will eventually change and you'll get used to this and it's not going to take all that long. How do you, how do you approach that? I mean, do you, do you believe, I, I would imagine you believe that, but how do you convince someone that, that that's the truth and that yes, it's hard right now. And yes, it seems like it would be impossible to eat this way for your entire life rather than just a a one-month push or a one-month challenge, but that actually if you can do that one week or two weeks, and that becomes three and four weeks, then the actual changes happen. And at that point, you actually can do it for your whole life because something has fundamentally changed. Well, first
0: I would say that I always want to set people clear on why they're doing this in the first place. And I said that before, which is that if you want to live happier and healthier, start just keep that clear because – then you will make changes even though it's sort of a shot in the dark. You, I can't convince somebody, like you said, that their taste buds are going to adjust, but they do. I can't c- convince somebody that your body's going to adjust to healthier eating, but it is. But if you have this idea that I want to give this a shot because I want to be happier and healthier than I am right now, and of course there's a level of trust there, then you're going to embark on this process. But at the same time, I also want to talk just real briefly about what I, you know. I'm not the only one who calls it this, but adaptive stress. A little bit of stress for us is is great it's how our bodies adjust and grow and evolve too much stress not good so when you're making a transition in even in the healthy eating realm. To bring in a little bit of the adaptive stress, you cannot change your diet, what you eat day to day without some sort of stress associated with it. It's just it, you're making a change. It's, it's fine. It, you can't start an exercise program even if you go minimally with zero stress. You're starting to do something you weren't before. You're creating more work on your body, et cetera, et cetera. But if you do it in a way that's not a ton of stress, it allows your body to make a little adjustment to what, where you set and then it's adjusted there. Then you add a little bit more and give your, time, your body time to adjust to that and that's how food goes too. So when you make what I would advise people is is don't don't put your brain in what you can't have. It's don't take stuff away from yourself. Start to bring in, start to make adjustments. Take the white pasta, white flour pasta, change it to brown rice pasta or, you know, quinoa pasta or something. Maybe not even every meal. Suss it out. The biggest misconception of my approach is that i advocate for the same type of small step for everybody but i don't i'm not a this is the size of the step what i want people to understand is the size of their step that is not stressful for them again like i said earlier is if you're highly motivated because you just got diagnosed with diabetes your small step may be huge you may be you'll turn it all around because there's no no stress associated with that but for some people it is putting a little small side salad on their plate or a couple stalks of celery because they're, they're they want to eat better but this is just what they're going to do right now to make this transition happen if you do it that way your taste buds are going to change but you're not really going to worry about it you're not like i hope they're going to change because now i've changed everything i'm eating today and boy i hope they change because this is miserable for me well you don't have to be miserable right away if you're not taking stuff off your plate if you're just adding in you're allowing both things to happen at the same time you're going to feel better and your taste buds are going to adjust, but you're not going to deprive yourself from the process, and you'll, over time, maybe a year, you know, who knows, you'll get to the point where all of a sudden you look at your plate and it's all healthy food and you're enjoying it just like you did the year before on different food.
1: All right, love it. Perfect place to end, Sid. Uh, like we said, you know, this isn't this isn't leading up to some giant sales pitch for the product. We're just going to leave it off here. Um, you know, if you want to take the next step and, and kind of, go further with these ideas uh not that these ideas aren't enough i mean you can use what we've talked about in now 100 minutes or so um you know to to create your own meal plan it's not that complicated uh if you wanted to join us then then listen to the little message at the end of this that'll uh give the details on it but i appreciate everyone listening sid i appreciate your time and uh look forward to to whatever's next look forward to having you back on the podcast
0: (laughs) thanks it was always a pleasure to be here
1: And that is a wrap. Thanks for listening to this three-part series called Stress-Free Healthy Eating with author and nutritionist Sid Garza-Hillman. One more time, if you'd like to learn more about our new meal plan program before it opens to the public called Health Made Simple, which features five different plans, over 20 videos, and live Q&A calls with me and Sid, visit nomeatathlete.com slash health. It officially opens on Monday, but as a No Meat Athlete Radio listener, you can grab your spot now at a 50% discount off the eventual price and get started right away with two special bonus interviews. This offer ends on Thursday, April 21st, so don't wait. Visit nomadathlete.com slash health and take charge of your diet with less stress than you ever thought possible.